0: Thank you for checking out the Messio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as He makes all things new. We are excited to pursue His heart for the greatest city on earth in the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. Thank you for your patience. Like I said before, I'm Bam, the pastor here at Messiah um, De Humble Park. I'm so thankful to have you guys with us. We are in week three of our series called Juicy Fruit. And this is not about gum or any other kind of candy. This is about the fruit of the spirit that comes from our source text, which is Galatians 5 and 22 through 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against, their, against such things there is no law. Um, this is about the byproduct product of us spending time with the Lord. This is not a, um, something that we can pay for, Jesus paid for. This is not something that we can um, conjure up of our own accord that we can pay for, but Jesus did that. But it is the fruit of us just spending time with him. Anybody ever spend time with really good friends, like close friends, and then you just feel, use that term, I just feel so filled up. You know what I'm saying? Um, it says in in uh, Psalm 16 that in his presence there is a fullness of joy and at his right-hand pleasures evermore. So just by virtue of being with God, then this fruit, this juicy fruit that lasts, becomes a part of our life. And this is about today, it's about peace. Peace that goes beyond. Goes beyond what we can understand. Goes beyond what we can see. Goes beyond even all of our reticence. In the midst of relationships when it comes to trust and love, peace that goes beyond what we can even imagine or see. And Jesus doesn't expect anything from us that he hasn't already experienced or already conquered. It is a beautiful picture of the shepherd leading us into places that we are afraid, we are shaking, we are scared. As we live in this country, we are in completely uncharted territory. We are doing things we never thought we would do. Children are wearing masks to school, and we're wearing masks in stores, and we can... uh, My son told me that him and his friends after like a month or two of being in school had gone outside and they were doing PE outside this one day. Everybody took off their masks, it's the first time they've seen each other's faces. Their whole faces. Like imagine being in high school and you have all the, you know, you're trying to relate with people, you're trying to get to know people, and you can only deal with half of their face. This is the world that we're living in, where we're getting used to things that seem odd, where when the pandemic started, I watched the movie Contagion, and I was like, oh, that feels like normal life right now. <laughs> when you watch apocalyptic movie, you're like, oh, yeah, that feels sort of like the life we're living. We're learning to get used to Places, situations, things, understandings that we never have before. How do we embrace the fruit of peace in our lives? In a season where everything seems to be upended and we are worried about the supply chain. And Look, I don't even care about the gifts as long as I got a turkey, okay? If the supply chain messes with my turkey, <laughs> we're going to have a problem. <laughs> All these things that we're worried about and concerned about before the season even gets here. And we're just like, my parents never had to worry about this. It's hard to tell people now, I understand what you're going through. No generation that's alive can really understand what we're going through at this moment. But Jesus' peace travels well. It travels through history, through pandemics. It travels through persecution. It travels through thousands of years and we know that history has a tendency to repeat itself people have kept the faith and walk with him through some very difficult things we learn that the peace of God really will make a way in Mark 4 which when you talk about peace you have to talk about this passage of scripture and the context of it is Jesus is asleep in a boat. And his disciples, are, they get caught in a storm, which happens really quick in the Sea of Galilee. To the west of the Sea of Galilee is Capernaum, is Cana, where you remember the wedding happened. And to the east of Galilee, of the Sea of Galilee, is the Gentile portion of this area. It's where they didn't go because they didn't mix with people who were not Jewish necessarily. And Jesus is on the west side. He's, you know, he's kind of in his hometown, Capernaum, which is the center for his ministry. And he says this floated phrase, let's go to the other side, which I will unpack sometime in the future what that means for our pursuit of justice. But Jesus says, let's go to the other side. He's not saying, let's get in a boat and go to the other side of the lake. He's saying, let's go to the Gentile side of the lake. They get in a boat, and they're going, and a storm arises, and Jesus is not only not concerned, he is asleep in the boat. And the disciples are like, what are you doing? And John 4, 35, on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and as the waves beat into the boat that it was already feeling, but he, he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Jesus on a pillow, come on man. He getting it. <laughs> there had to be some, definitely some saliva on that pillow. <laughs> Why? You don't care that we are perishing. So he rebuked the sea. What they were really saying in this passage is, you see, we weren't supposed to go to those other people over there. They were were being racist. See, we weren't supposed to go to those other people. And look, we know because this storm has come up. See, the storm is proof, Jesus, that we weren't supposed to go to the other side. And he says, peace be still, because he's a peacemaker. Shut up, see, because they know that storms always happen in the Sea of Galilee, and they can appear quickly. But they didn't want to go to the other side, and immediately when something bad happens, they go, see, we weren't supposed to go over there. And Jesus is like, nah, look, let me tell you, That's not what it is. I have authority over it. I can sleep in the midst of it because I know the interior state of my being with my father is greater than this storm ever could be. He can go into places where he was supposed to be fearful but could be full of peace in the middle of it because he understood who his father was but if only the disciples understood him I think I said last week that joy is the anticipation of goodness so this week peace is the assurance of goodness no matter what's going on you're just like I'm sure God is good, and he has a good plan for me. Yes, this is like, oh, whoa, 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 this is crazy. He has a good plan for you. Being assured, how deep is that in you, that God is a good, good, good father? Repeat after me. Say, God is a good Good, 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 good father. We cannot over exaggerate his goodness. And from that place is where peace comes from. We understand that he has a good plan for us, even in the midst of a storm. Jesus was always Understanding how he was placed in this world as a fulfillment of Scripture. I'm reading through Psalm 107 and I see this puzzling passage. It says, Those who go down to the sea in ships who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their souls melt because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man or at their wit's end. And then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brings them out of distresses. He calms the storm so that the waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. This was written years and years before this happened. A key to understanding peace that makes a way is knowing the way that has already been made. We're going to continue to talk about the power of scripture. Disciples understand this scripture, then they understand that it's just a storm. And they are not going to perish. We always go to God for more. God I need more I need more of this in my life I need more of that in my life yet and still we have this treasure trove of scriptures that lead us in the way of peace the prayers of the righteous availeth much this is the confidence that we have if we ask anything according to his will Then he hears us, and we know that since he hears us, we have received that for which we have asked. All of this scripture that encourages us to be still and understand that God in his goodness has already made a way before we ever had a need. Jesus could rebuke this storm in the midst of it. We must know Scripture. We must know these situations that we are going through have an answer. And as we hear them meditate, ruminate over these words that God has spoken over and over again, then we are reminded of his loving covenant to us. That we are so rooted in his presence that seasons can come and go as they will. And we will continue to grow and produce not just fruit, juicy fruit. The verse that says in 1 John 4, perfect love casts out fear is a chemical equation. That when our oxytocin levels are high, which happens in community when we're around each other, then our cortisol levels, which create fear, fall. And in his words and in his presence is where we are inoculated against anxiety and fear. Are you finding yourself Wrecked by fear and anxiety I posit I found this in my life It is in direct proportion to my Distance from his words And his presence That the things That come as they will Will go Like I understand I see Everyone here and I'm so glad That you are here and I know There are people who are fighting Through anxiety to get here fighting through fear to find peace, to be in community. It is as if the thing that you need, you are prevented from getting it because of lack of what you need. I try to think of a good metaphor, but the best one I can think of is as if you are walking up a mountain to get to an oxygen tank, but you can't get to it because of oxygen deprivation. That's what it's like trying to get to God's presence. Last week we talked about joy, shame. Shame will keep us out of God's presence. But in his presence there is a fullness of joy. That's why peace has to be an assurance of God's goodness. He has no shame for you. We have no shame for you. And this is wonderful, wonderful news. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who create peace wherever they go. assured of God's goodness that you would look at an impossible situation and go, "Ah, no, he's a good father. He's a good God. How rock solid is that conviction in the midst of us? I promise you, it will take you through anything you have yet to go through and will see in your life. That you will bet your house on his goodness. But I'm encouraged sometimes in scripture by those who were scattering in fear. And one such person was Elijah as he had been to the spiritual mountaintop proverbially and in actuality and faced all of these priests of Baal and saw hundreds of them slaughtered because God had shown up and said, this is my prophet. He could have that kind of high and then he would go right down to a low, running in fear from Ahab and Jezebel. This mighty man of God had been brought low by the same fear and anxiety that tries to visit us. After doing these mighty things for the Lord, which is equivalent of like leading a crusade, through middle America or whatever, through the country, and you're seeing God do all these miracles, and then the next moment you're running and hiding from people. And he's in this cave, and God says to him, go out and stand on a mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind torn to the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Remember, God doesn't ask questions that he doesn't know the answer to. So after this gigantic show of wind, fire, and an earthquake, God is in a still, small voice. Because there is a peace that goes beyond the noise. You see, men and our mighty egos and desire to be the center of attention think that God is the same way. That he desires every bit of your attention, sort of like Instagram or Facebook or something that, or a commercial. He doesn't want our attention. He wants our attentiveness, which is similar, slightly different. That he wants us to be keenly listening for him and looking for him in the quiet things in life. That we're surrounded by a bunch of loud things that are saying, look at me, look at me, I'm amazing. My mind is blown through the fact that God never does that. He goes about life in his quiet way of giving birth to all the children on earth, of providing food for everyone on earth, for creating the sun, creating this universe. The very reason that we spin and move is because of the words that he sent out. And he will never say, look at me. Look what I've done. Give me attention. He desires our attentiveness, our sensitivity to his quiet Voice. So, what is the answer for peace in the midst of a world of anxiety and fear? Is attentiveness. The ability to quiet ourselves and listen to Him. Yes, yeah, somebody may be cutting down a tree. I don't know what they're doing out there. <laughs> they're probably blowing leaves, most likely. Whatever is going on that we become and stay. Attentive to his presence because the enemy is all about noise. He's all about noise and distraction. And after all, fear is the anticipation of chaos. The impending cloud of doom of what's going to happen. But after all, it is merely a Lie. Could you grab me a piece of tissue, Peter, please? It's all a lie. Fear is made up. Thank you. Instead of anticipating chaos, we are assured. Of God's goodness. This is the fruit of being with him, of understanding in his presence there is a fullness of all we need, and peace is a byproduct of being with him. How many people find it hard to get time to spend with God? I feel you. I feel you. That it is a something that God has a desire that we would run towards him in his presence and that we would prioritize his presence. But life happens and we continue on. But what if I told you being in God's presence that your life depends on it. Your very life depends on it. Think of some of the places that fear and anxiety has led people. Think of some of the places that shame has led people. Our lives depend on being with him. And He has all this richness and all this fruit, the fullness of everything we need waiting for us, and it moves. I like to call it a portable paradise, his presence. You don't have to be in a certain place, a location, in a church, in a prayer room, at home, in a quiet, with some coffee, in a garden, with some tea. It just demands our attentiveness wherever we may be. Oh God, man, you're amazing, God. I love you so much, you're wonderful. There you go, you were just in God's presence. And you said it in your head, not out loud so nobody won't think you're crazy on the train, okay? You could say it in your head and it still works. <laughs> I had a dream last night, this astounding dream, and I was like preaching, I guess. I guess I was preaching. <laughs> I was doing something Christian, I don't know. Playing a guitar around a fire, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> but I was like in a uh, room, and it was like one of those big roll-top garage kind of doors. You know when a restaurant is like, hey, this is winter, but we could be sitting outside, you know, how they have doors like that. And it was like people who could look over the top in a window, and they were like, beating on the window to try to get in and I don't know if I was afraid I was more puzzled trying to figure you know when you're in a dream and you're trying to figure out what is what's going on and we were just saying what we just said earlier that God is good 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 and as we did that these three doves don't ask me how this works out theologically or symbolically you know it's only supposed to be one dove but it was three doves that like descended in this light and this tremendous peace came over me and then another door opened that people came in and, and that's why I'm like his goodness is so his goodness and his presence is so connected to our peace so connected Like anxiety and fear will make sure there are things that we don't do and they'll make sure things that we do. And I come out of God's presence and I'm like, oh wow, this is free. And we don't take advantage of it most of the time because we think it's more complicated than it really is. We think we got to have everything together before we can come into his presence. That doesn't make any sense. We get right in his presence. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, if you're thinking about your image of yourself, it's like you come out of his presence with a tux or a gown on. If you're thinking about our self-image. But we're like you know, I got to get everything together before I go into his presence. No, you don't. It just all happens in there. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now that is tasty. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Talk about peace that doesn't check with your mind first that doesn't make sure you understand it first. My moment of this happening is there was this place in a park that I would go to pray on the south side and when I was there, a dude had his gigantic pit bull walking around on a leash. For some reason, he takes him off the leash. The dog sprints right towards me and I'm like, all right, this is a place where I pray. I'm not going to run. The dog runs up to me circles me a few times and a dude is yelling at him come back killer or whatever his name is (laughs) Ah! he's like come back come back and it it just circles me a few times and then goes right back to him but that was peace that didn't check with my mind I think there are moments where God is getting something out of us But he needs to sidestep our mind to do it. And we think our way out of things. You know what I'm saying? This is my theory of why Peter was so impulsive in scripture. You know how long, you know how much less likely you are to do something when you ruminate over it? (laughs) God is like, uh, walk across the street, but it's a little slippery, It's some ice right there, I don't know, I'm feeling a little tired, like we'll talk our way out of being obedient so many times. So Peter, when he knew Jesus was calling him to do something, he would just cut the dude's ear off. He would jump out of the boat. You know what I'm saying? He was getting in front of his mind. So in order to have peace that passes all understanding, we have to give up our ability, to our need to understand. God, like, tell me why I need to do this. No, I'm not going to tell you why you need to do it. You just need to trust me and know that I love you so much. Thinking about the people who fought for justice in our country who laid down their lives who walked towards people with batons knowing they were going to bring them down on their heads why they had a peace that didn't check with their mind I am assured of God's goodness towards black people in this country although I don't see no freaking evidence of that Haven't it enough inside of you that you will walk into chaos. You will walk into a storm because you know you have a garden inside of you. That yeah, I'm out here being attacked by dogs. Everyone from Martin Luther King to John Lewis um, to Fannie Lou Hamer, all these greats in civil rights and many people who are fighting for justice now that you have to have an assurance of God's goodness because this country won't always tell you that. Be assured of ourselves. The fruit of peace that that is in our lives. That we can be peacemakers or we can be peacekeepers. Peacekeepers Hold weapons and go to other countries, you know what I'm saying? Peacemakers have courage. And courage comes from a deep understanding that if God is for you, who can be against you? The storm outside of us. Can never disturb the garden within us where the fruit of peace grows naturally when we go beyond our need to understand. You guys want to stand up? Father, I thank you for peace, something that is difficult. For, for us, is easy for you. As we go forth into this world and into this Christmas season, I thank you that we will confront every bit of anxiety and fear with the peace that is the fruit of the Spirit. I thank you for supernatural time to spend with you, God, that you would make some appointments be canceled unexpectedly, that we would have some empty spaces that we didn't anticipate And know and understand that you are calling us, even sometimes where you wake me up too early because you are so eager to spend time with us, God, that you would do that, that you would let us thirst and hunger for your presence, that we would be assured of your goodness to us. Therefore, we are not worrying so much about the future or the past but we stand in your presence and experience the fullness of who you've called us to be. I thank you, Father, for your supernatural grace that allows us to confront every storm with the beauty of being with you. In Jesus' name, amen.